Dearly beloved, <laughs> we are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. I love it. This is my new favorite Electric intro. word, life. It means forever, and that's a mighty long time. <laughs> it's the Minnesota episode. We're doing Minnesota. That's It's Prince. We're doing Minnesota. It's the Lynx. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to change it up. I wanted to give us a new intro. I thought, I thought I'd try something I new. love it. I... <laughs> Love that. That's so good. Uh, I, I share this with, with as many people as possible anytime I can. Uh, but my first concert I ever went to was a Prince concert. <laughs> uh, because my, I can't remember if my mom got sick or she bailed or something, but my, my dad had two tickets to Prince in the Rose Garden with like 20,000 people. And, and, uh, I was like 10 years old. And he was basically like, well, someone's using this ticket. And so he took me and, and I seriously, it changed my life. I, I like they, they opened the concert to that song. And I was like every movie you've ever seen where a kid is watching like a rock God on stage. And just like, like it was the goofy movie. It was, the, it was basically the goofy. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Oh my gosh, I didn't know it was possible to be this cool. I so, love that dude. That's, anyway. that's a great intro. Uh, so Minnesota fans, if you're, if you're tuning in, I'm so I didn't mean to like do that song a disservice. Uh, I know Prince is your boy. He's, he's mine too. He's, he's the man. So Logan is uh, a huge Prince me, fan. So just so everybody, I am. Yeah, I legitimately huge am. Prince fan. Um, joining me today, uh, Kyle Haywood and Jason Snow, both here to help me preview the links, which is perfect because one is very high and one is very low on the team we're going to be talking about today. Uh, we'll, we'll kick it to Jason first because I usually go to Kyle first. Jason, what's going on? Not much, man. Uh, as I said in the last episode and for Twitch listeners, as I said a few minutes ago, uh, just bought a house, uh, getting excited to, to settle in. We're still in the kind of the closing phases of the, the home buying process, which, uh, is a lot of paperwork and not a lot of fun, but, um, I'm doing good. I'm excited. Basketball is days away. Uh, you know, th- this time comes around every year and it's just like, oh yeah, I forgot how much I love it. When there's like WNBA basketball, like every single night. So I'm stoked. I'm, I'm excited. How are you doing, Logan? I'm doing great. This is already, there's, there's a good energy to this episode. I'm feeling good about it. We got a good clap in. Um, and so I, that always makes me feel like it's going to be good. Kyle, uh, do you have a favorite Prince song? Oh, not off the top of my head. I'll be honest. I was, I'm not a huge Prince listener and maybe uh, that's going to make a ton of people be ticked at me, but. <laughs> Either way, uh, I have, I have some mad love. I have some mad love for Minnesota, not just the Lynx, but Minnesota in general. I, I have huge, huge respect and love for, uh, for the whole Minnesota area. So yeah, I'm, I apologize. I'm, I'm not, I'm not overly, uh, familiar with a ton of prints, but trust me, trust me, you're, we'll, we'll be friends by the end of this episode. That's right. You, yeah, you're going to redeem yourself in this episode <laughs> in the eyes of many Leaks fans. Uh, the next WNBA road trip that we take, I hope it's to Minneapolis. I hope, like, I hope they do the All Star game up there soon or something so we can get up there. Um, and I will make the playlist. Um, cause you and, you and Steve handled the playlist <laughs> to Seattle and Phoenix. I think it's my turn. I'll make sure you've got a favorite song by the end. Of it. <laughs> Deal. 
Well, thanks for tuning in. This is the, uh, the the team preview for either fans who are trying to get primed for this upcoming WNBA season, which is starting very shortly. It's starting this week. When you're listening to this podcast, it's nearly days away, uh, possibly hours, depending on how long you've waited to listen to it. Um, and it's for new fans of the league who might have found this podcast in their search for maybe a team that they want to identify with and decide uh, they want to be a fan of from, from now on into the future. Uh, this is going to be all the things you need to know about the links and reasons that you should like them. And, uh, well, I'm, I'm not going to deliberate any longer. We're just going to launch right into it. Yes. Story so far for the Minnesota Lynx is in 2000, oh, excuse me, 2010. Uh, so a while now they hired head coach Cheryl Reeve. And ever since then, they've been spanking the competition in the WNBA <laughs> for a solid decade. Uh, they won the WNBA title the year after. So in her, in her sophomore effort, they beat Atlanta in a sweep. Uh, and literally, if you look down the Wikipedia article, it's like one WNBA finals lost in the finals, one in the finals lost in the conference finals, one in the finals. That's they've won four WNBA championships in their franchise history. Uh, I believe they are all. They are all under Coach Cheryl Reeve in the past 10 years. Yeah. So that's what you're getting with the Lynx. Uh, uh, however, the, the recent history is is less glowing. It's still fine. Uh, but they lost in the first round in 2018 to L.A. and then lost in single elimination first round to Seattle in 2019. And then the Wubble season actually got a bye through the first round and then beat Phoenix in a single elimination game to lose in the semifinals to the eventual champion Seattle Storm. So if you followed all that, four WNBA championships for Reeve. Uh, last couple years didn't get to the title game, but only got bounced last year because they ran up against the monster Seattle Storm uh, season that they had in the Wubble. Uh, so really good 2020 showing. Good stuff from the players. They've added a lot of stuff in this offseason. Uh, what was your initial impression of the Lynx in 2020? And how excited are you to, to get into the kind of the, the weeds of where they're going from here? Uh, Jason, we'll start with you. 2020 links impressed me. I, I have been waiting. They've had some, some player turnover the last, I'd say three years. I've been waiting for them to hit their rebuilding year and I don't feel like they've really had one. They've been competitive every single year. So I, I kind of thought maybe last year would be a dip. I feel like they, they performed pretty well, all things considered. So. Um, I'm happy with them from last year, uh, as far as how I expected them to perform versus how they did. This year's kind of, uh, we're gonna get into departures and acquisitions. I'm kind of a mixed bag on them. I think they're gonna do pretty well. Um, but I, I'm hesitantly confident that they're gonna have a good season. So we'll get more into that, but that's kind of my, my base place is I think they're gonna have a good season. Uh, but I do have a few reservations that we'll get into. Perfect. Kyle, uh, impressed by the 2020 wobble effort from Minnesota or disappointed because they have such a history of going even deeper? Uh, no, definitely impressed. I think that Minnesota basically came out in 2020 and showed that they don't believe that rebuilding actually exists. Um, after losing so many big time players, essentially the only one left from, you know, their championship winning days is um Sylvia Fowles and basically all they did was just hit back to back rookie of the years uh including the first ever second round drafted uh rookie of the year in Crystal Dangerfield um and they looked absolutely phenomenal 
Um, you know, uh, even in the playoffs played really well. I, I was really impressed with, with how Minnesota, uh, performed in 2020, uh, exceeded my expectations. I had them in the second, uh, in the bottom half of the league. I had them, I think in like seven or eight, um, and they ended up at number four overall. So yeah, they did, they played very well in 2020. This is a team that won as recently as 2017. They took home the, the title. Uh, that year against in a five game series against Los Angeles was a really good series. And then 2018, 2019 didn't get a playoff win and then got back to their playoff winning ways just last year in the wobble. So the norm for this team is not to finish down in the division and not to battle from a wild card spot, but to be kind of king of the hill um, and to be willing to take on all challengers and under coach Reeve in 2021, I think they're going to be ready to do it again. They brought in some reinforcements uh, they signed a trio of deals that kind of went under the radar, uh, because Chicago obviously dominated headlines with the Candace Parker signing. And there was some, you know, Seattle was like doing some stuff with Natasha Howard. And like, it felt like that kind of carried a lot of the storylines early in the offseason. But if you look at what this Lynx team has done, they've acquired Natalie Achanwa, Ariel Powers, and Kayla McBride, uh, yeah. which in, in my opinion is a pretty big pickup. So, uh, I mean, that's the <laughs> adding to an already playoff ready core. Uh, that's that's something. I don't know. You you get what's your feelings on Kayla McBride and what she adds to this team? For me, Kayla McBride is, with the exception of last year being a little bit of a an anomaly, she's one of the most electric scorers in the league. Um, for me, I think that it really boils down to um, she's adding some major perimeter scoring. Um, to a team that already has a really strong front court and really strong distribution at the point guard spot, she f- she immediately comes in and fulfills a role that is needed on this Minnesota team, and I think that she's uh, she's really going to shine here. Um, I think that uh, I think it was a huge pickup. Um, obviously, Las Vegas had their own pickups, and we're going to get to them, uh, you know. But as her with her leaving Las Vegas and coming into Minnesota. You know, for a team that that was already in fourth place and kind of was already exceeding expectations, to then go and add uh, Kayla McBride and and then you know I, I know we've got some other you know arrivals as well with Ariel Powers and and whatnot. Like this is a good this is a good squad that added a lot and quietly had one of the better off maybe the best off season. Um, if you consider the the whole picture with multiple. Um, additions coming in. So I, I really like what Minnesota did in with the additions that they've got. Yeah, they Minnesota finished 14 and 8 last year. They were just a game behind the Los Angeles Sparks for the number three seed. And then there was kind of a tear break before you get to Seattle and Las Vegas at the top of last year's standings. Uh, Jason, do you think the pickups uh, were enough to kind of make that jump into the top seed of teams that we expect to be there this season? So I'm going to be the downer on the links this year. And my personal answer to that question is no. My top three are pretty much set. I could, I could shuffle around the order of them, but my top three are kind of set. I put the links. We just talked about Phoenix on the stream. I put them in that same category where like that, that kind of, they're not going to be quite in that top tier. They're just the next step down. Um, for me, if you can keep this unit together for two or three years, Get a little bit more experience, uh, with, uh, Nafisha and Dangerfield. 
I feel like you have the shot to have a championship team. I just don't know that this is the year for me. Like I, I just, I think they're a, a little bit young. Obviously they've got like Fowles and McBride, you know, they've got some players that can give them experience, but I think this squad held roughly together for a couple of years uh, is, is very, very dangerous. I think them this year, obviously they're dangerous. I just don't see them uh, being able to finish the race this year. Mm. I think that's fair. You mentioned this unit that they hope to keep together. Let's talk about it. Uh, their key returning players are really exciting. They've got, first of all, 12 year, uh, league veteran Sylvia Fowles, who spent a bunch of years with Chicago, where she was a three time all star and has been with Minnesota since 2015, where she has also won three all star bids. Uh, don't really know why she didn't get one last year. I, I mean, I do because she didn't play. Uh, yeah, she didn't play as many games. She played seven games last year, but she was the player that she's always been last year in those seven games. Um, that's right. She, she didn't have a complete wobble season. So, uh, kind of a, a blank mark on the record there, but, um, we expect to have her back kind of at full capacity this year. Uh, and joining her, you've got, uh, kind of sneaky, good Demiris Dantes. Yes. As well as mm-hmm. last year's rookie of the year, Crystal Dangerfield and ESPN's number five best player in the league, Nafisha Collier. So that's a group. <laughs> um, who who stands out among that group is kind of the, the key cog for this team moving forward I'll, I'll jump in I think if Nafisha Collier continues to play the way that she has and develop the way that she can I see her being a potential face for this team for, for a, a good little bit into the future so um, I think in terms of this year uh, actually, in terms of this year and moving forward, I think Collier is the key. I think if she performs, um, obviously there's a lot of pieces around her. I think she's the key to them being successful, though. I love me some Fisa's pieces. You know I'm all about Nafisa <laughs> Collier. I think Nafisa is one of the better players and one of the brightest features moving forward. Um, I think that the team really centers around Nafisa. Um, however, for the first time in a long time, Minnesota is young. And I think that Sylvia Fowles as that extreme, uh, you know, veteran status, I think is probably the one that probably holds the most like value now in helping bring up some of these younger players. Um, and so I'd go with Fowles now, but long term, Nafisa Collier is going to be a, a fixture in this league. Yeah. There's a lot of expectations for her. Uh, said that weird because her trajectory, I mean, she came into the league. Hit 13 points a game at age 22, made the all-star team, uh, took a step forward in the wobble where in a lot of team previews, I've been making excuses for players kind of staying where they're at or, uh, even backsliding a little bit. And I've been saying like, ah, well, it's the wobble. Like they had to deal with COVID concerns. They were, they didn't have like home arenas. Maybe it was, you know, you can just check that year out. She took a step forward, which shows a lot of maturity and, and poise, I think. And kind of readiness to be the leader of a team. And you add to that someone like Crystal Dangerfield, who was really overlooked at the time of the draft because everyone was overlooked at, at the 2020 draft for, for Sabrina, um, uh, her, her Sabrina going to New York. So, um, and then like there were so many other guards we talked about. We talked about Kennedy Carter and we talked about Ty Harris and we were all excited about all these guards. And the one that proved like healthy and effective throughout the whole year was Crystal Dangerfield. So much so that yeah. in this year's draft, I feel like we were all like when we got to Minnesota's pick, we were like, don't let Cheryl Reeve get 
X player because they will be the rookie of the year, like the next best player <laughs> yeah. in the league. Yeah. And we said that about every available player. We're like, don't let her get Dana Evans. Like, don't let her get uh, Chelsea Dungy. Like, <laughs> um, it's because they, they just know how to develop. They, they are one of, I, I think they might be the best run organization, um, in that regard in the league in terms of drafting and developing players quickly. Um, Dexterity and development. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to you, long time listeners. Yes, yes. Um, so, but yeah, with a with a fourteen and eight record, uh, it certainly feels like they're poised with that group to once again repeat as a top four seed, which is of course key to getting a buy in the playoffs and setting yourself up for playoff success. Uh, really excited, also for kind of the emergence of Demiris Dantes, who we mentioned a second ago. Uh, spent a couple years bouncing around. She actually started in Minnesota, um, ended up in Atlanta for a couple of years, back in Minnesota. And now that she's getting playing time, she actually started um, every game for the Lynx in the last two years. And her numbers have been trending upward. Her points per game are up. Um, she's not much of a three-point shooter, but in, in that regard, it's it's getting better. Her free throw shooting's gotten better. Um, and then her rebounding has really taken out. She used to just not be an effective rebound. Now she's good for at least six a game. So... Uh, ball movement wise and rebounding wise, uh, she's contributing what the, the links need her to contribute to, to be on the floor. Uh, good news for this segment is there's, there's not really a key departure. Erica McCall is the, the, the departure of note, um, that won't be with this core anymore, but I don't think that hurts their chances to finish towards the top of the league again. Um, I don't know if you guys have any strong feelings about the departure of Erica McCall. I'll say this. I don't feel like uh, the departure of Erica McCall hurt their title chances at all, especially with who they brought in. Um, yeah, I, that's just that's not that's not a knock on McCall at all. I think that it's just a. I think they realized who they could get and what they were what they were bringing in, and um, yeah, I really think that Minnesota really sh- like added a lot of depth and added a lot of uh, talent to their roster. Um, and unfortunately it came at the expense of also losing Erica McCall. So um, I don't know. I already feel like this is kind of a, a, a roster that is going to be tough for, you know, people like rookies to, to make the cut. And so I think that uh, adding up uh, or opening up uh, another spot like that is, was just fine. Um, in my opinion. So yeah. that's kind of where I'm at with yeah. that one. Yeah. I think, uh, I think their acquisitions in McBride, Achanwa and powers really outweigh McCall. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. Right. Um, just, just one item of note. They did. They also drafted at nine overall, Renaya Davis, uh, who was the rookie they ended up getting. And we all said, Oh shoot, watch out for her to, uh, to take over the league now because she's going to be Reeves next like protege. She, uh, suffered a stress fracture in her left foot. Mm. Uh, kind of in, in right before the preseason started, she will be out for the season. So um, that's a big bummer. Um, also doesn't, I mean, again, no, no disrespect to her. I don't think that affects what they were trying to do this season very much, um, but just kind of of note, they, they won't have that rookie uh, presence come in. So they'll still be a fairly young team, as Kyle mentioned earlier. Um, and the most interesting floor ceiling discussion I think we've had thus far. <laughs> That's really where I wanted to move uh, things because I, I know we've got varying takes here. I'm going to save mine for the end. I think we should start with Jason. Yes. Um, because I, I think he knows, uh, I think he knows he's going to have maybe the strongest take here and I want him to, to kind of make his case. 
I, I wish I, okay. So the reason that it's expected that I'm going to have the strongest take and I don't know that I'll, I'll live up to the hype is because <laughs> I genuinely dislike the links as, as a point of, of principle because when I got into the league, I decided I'm from Los Angeles. I was like, okay, I'm going to be a Sparks fan. And one of my favorite things about sports is rivalries. And so I just, I, I sold out into that rivalry between LA and Minnesota. So, um, I, I have a lot of <laughs> healthy, uh, rivalry with with links and and a few of my friends are links fans and stuff so i mean we go back and forth and um it's it's all in in good fun but at the same time trying to to put my analyst hat on and and not just be a homer i see a ceiling (laughs) at four i don't think they crack the top three I, i already brought that up earlier on this episode i see their bottom being a little bit lower because if some of these young talents uh burn out partway through the season or if if the hype gets to be a little bit too much to be the center of a team i could see them dropping obviously they've got uh you know two back-to-back rookie of the years sometimes you come off of a rookie of the year season and and you have a little bit of a slump and so i i could see a situation where maybe they they drop down to a seven or an eight i i don't think that's likely i think really they're they're kind of a four to six team but i i more so than the mercury who i think are a little bit more stable and steady um, I think their potential to drop is a little bit farther. So I'd say four is a ceiling and maybe eight is a, as a floor. I don't see them missing the playoffs by any means. Yeah. I think very comfortably all three of us are going to say like, even if this team starts off cold and we have headlines on our show, like what the heck is wrong with the links? I don't think by the end of the season, they're going to be in danger of falling out of the, the top eight. Um, it's just a matter of how comfortably you think they'll be able to not just kind of stay where they're at this season as the four, but if you think they're going to be able to crack into what we think is going to be the top tier of teams this season. That's why I'm interested in what Kyle's going to say here, because I think he's got something for us. <laughs> Kyle, take it away. Um, yeah, I, I've got a different opinion of Minnesota. I think that right now, before we play any games, obviously, you know, we got a lot of games to play. Minnesota to me, uh, they're a top two. I think they're getting a double buy right now. Wow. They're a top two team in this league. Um, I think it really comes down to them in Las Vegas. Unfortunately, Las Vegas just lost Angel McCautry. Las Vegas to me was going to be number one overall. I know we ha- we're not on their preview and, and we'll talk about them in a bit, but Las Vegas was kind of my number one overall. And right behind them, I had Minnesota because I think that Minnesota had an excellent year last year. Um, you know, they were really close. Uh, you know, they were, they were almost the three seed. Seattle lost quite a bit. LA lost quite a bit. Those two teams that were ahead of them, I think they definitely leapfrogged those two. Um, and so it kind of left Las Vegas, uh, up there with maybe Phoenix and Chicago also in the top tier. But I think Minnesota with who they've added to a, a roster that was already really strong, like, you take a fourth place team and then you add a Chanwa powers um, and especially McBuckets like dude, this team's dangerous. I think that they absolutely could uh, make a major title run this year. Um, I, I would not be surprised to see them get a double buy heading into the playoffs this season. So that's where I'm at. Um, I don't think their floor is very low at all. Um, I do think that, you know, teams like Phoenix, Chicago, Seattle, Las Vegas, all potentially could go above them. 
Um, but I think I, I see them pretty much anywhere one through five is where I've got Minnesota with probably, with probably staying up around number two. Wow. I, I, I want to cut. I want to cut this. I want to cut this clip and just save it because it's either going to show Kyle to be a prophet, or we're going to be able to come back and give him a hard time about sleeping on Seattle. I when yeah. Here's the thing: yeah. Seattle still has their big three, but they lost all their two major defenders are gone, and so that's there's going to be a lot. I I really think Seattle is slipping more than I think. For me personally, I think Seattle slipped a lot more than I think you two have them slipping, but that's okay. That's why we have this uh, if, show. If, if Seattle starts, <laughs> I, if Seattle starts like seven and zero, I'm going to request that Jason go back and find this later. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> that's, that's fine. As our intro, uh, but no, we. I mean, I actually am with you. I I would be surprised. You said you wouldn't be surprised. I would be surprised if they finished as high as two. But I would consider two their ceiling. You said one to five. I I think two is in the realm of possibility because if everything goes right, and as you said, if things really go wrong for Seattle or if teams we expect to be really towards the top take a minute to mesh, you know, there's going to be players gone with their national teams and a big break for the Olympics. Like this season is going to be almost as in flux and kind of full of question marks as the wobble. Um, I know it's a very different set of challenges, but it's not going to be a straightforward season at all. It's going to be very hard for teams to get into the swing of things. So even if teams look red hot the first two weeks of the year, chemistry is going to change. The big break for the Olympics is going to change things. They're going to have to regain that momentum. So, yeah, I could see the Lynx getting as high as two. I could see him finishing as low as six. You know, a, a Sylvia Fowles injury or, um, you know, something. Yeah, they just... I, again, if. If they start off one and four or one and five the way that the the sun started last season, I think it's the same story. They probably get themselves back into the playoffs because they're a talented group, but I could easily see them trying to slip past teams that got off to a better a better start in the wins column. So uh, they did just finish uh, a game behind third and a game above Phoenix for uh, for that extra. They got a bye week last year by finishing fourth. Um, and I believe again, this is pre- probably pretty boring of me, but I think it will be the Lynx and the Mercury again battling for that four spot to see who's going to get the the first round by and not have to play in two straight single elimination games. Yeah, absolutely. A Cheryl Reeve coach team is is going to be in the mix. <laughs> it's 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 funny how how all over the place we are because I I can see Jason's argument because we could you could very well argue that they outperformed what they should have last year and that there's other teams with players returning, you know, from, you know, a covid season. I totally get that. But it's in, it, it it's really interesting that we have everything from like, well, bottom, you know, like an 8 seed all the way up to like <laughs> their number 1 overall. Like they're yeah. <laughs> like it's funny how how uh which is re- going to be really interesting cuz they're going to come in at like 4. Like they're just going to come in like right yeah. <laughs> right in the middle. I think yeah, very likely I think the the top 3 for me are the same 3 that Jason has projected in his top tier. Mm-hmm. And I think the Lynx is kind of the beginning of the next tier down. Easily I I think Phoenix could have a good enough season that they could overtake them not not Lynx into the 5th seed, but um, I've even been guilty of this in this very episode, but we tend to think of the links as a battle tested, like playoff, you know, veteran team. And it's really their coach and Sylvia Fowles. Mm-hmm. 
everybody else on that team, like Nafisa Collier, ESPN's giving her billing as like a top five player in the league. Yeah. She's been in the league for two years. That doesn't necessarily mean that she's going to be great, you know, in the clutch in the playoffs every single night. Right. And in single elimination, you never know. That's what happened True. last year. You just never, you never want to be subject to those, those back to back, uh, one game, you know, play ins to get into the semis. So. Uh, we'll we'll see. I think a good battle from the Lynx this year, but it also could take a minute to to get used to each other, right? They don't have much of a preseason. Yep. They made some good acquisitions, but mm-hmm. they need time to mesh. Um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't bet against them. That's the Cheryl Reeve Diana Tarazi principle. Is just <laughs> you just kind of throw your hands in the air when it comes to those two. So I love it. Well, cool. Uh, any other reasons to just in general be a fan of the Lynx? I know this might be hard for Jason because he's, <laughs> he's set himself up as being a rival, but um, yeah, Kyle, just your general sense of how fun it would be to be a Lynx fan. Absolutely. Here's the thing. Uh, Minnesota is, again, it's not one of your your major... Uh, we we kind of hyped up the, uh, you know, the small market when we were talking about Connecticut they're not necessarily like a small market, but they're, they're a good like mid-size market. You know, they're not your, your big markets like your New York's, Miami, Chicago, LA, but they're, they're kind of that good middle ground, um, uh, type of market. But here's the thing. You're coming into one of only three teams that has won four titles. Okay. There's three teams in history and only two of them are active right now. Uh, because the Comets won four titles and then, you know, pretty much disappeared after that. Um, but Minnesota is one of, one of only two active teams that have four titles. So you're, you're getting, uh, an absolutely bona fide winner. Um, you've got arguably the best women's basketball coach, uh, on the planet in Cheryl Reeve. You've got a really fun, uh, young core with back to back rookies. You just signed a, some, Excellent, uh, free agent talent. And to be honest, your jerseys are pretty fly this year. Your jerseys are looking really good. Really good. good. Um, so anyway, I think that's just enough. Plus, um, plus Logan's a Prince fan. So (laughs) there you go. Uh, (laughs) I wasn't going to include that. I was going to include that you, you do get to be, um, Anti Sparks. If you're a Lynx fan, <laughs> there you go. Uh, in, if you want to upset Jason, <laughs> uh, well, in three consecutive years in their recent history, they lost to the Sparks in the finals, beat them in a finals, and then lost to them in the first round. So they see each other quite a bit, um, and that's that's fun to kind of have a rivalry in in an LA team, uh, and also just they're never content to suck. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Maya Moore departed the team to pursue her, her social activism stuff, which obviously like the team has been supportive of and the league has been supportive of and is really cool. And that would have been a like easily an excuse for a year to just like sink to the bottom of the standings, get a high draft pick, like kind of retool some things. And they don't really believe in that in Minnesota. That's just not acceptable to them. And it's, you know, I'm not a fan of any sports teams that have that mentality. So it would be really nice to have one team that was just like, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to put ourselves in the playoffs and give it, give us a chance to contend every year. So much like Phoenix, I consider them a fringe contender this year. I don't really give them much hope, uh, but certainly enough that they should be considered in the mix. And if they throw their hat in the ring early in the season, uh, I might be with Kyle saying that they could be one of the most dangerous teams in the league this year. Yeah, I, uh, like I said, I'll try to take my rivalry hat off. Uh, I, I will say 
Um, hating an LA team, though I don't do it personally, I, I'm sure it can be fun. I mean, pretty much every professional <laughs> sports team in the world sells a beat LA shirt. It doesn't matter what league you're in or whatever. Like everybody, everybody <laughs> loves hating on LA and, and I'm good with that. But, um, I'm trying to think because obviously Cheryl Reeve is a Hall of Fame coach and it's fun being able to watch somebody who's a prolific co- coach in the W. And not only that, Minnesota, that organization, uh, you know, with Coach Reeve and and the support that she has there, they make really fun people to watch. Like if you name off some of the players that we've recently seen from Minnesota, you've got Moore, you've got Waylon, you've got Augustus, uh, you've got who else? Rebecca Brunson, Sylvia Fowles. Like, there's a lot of really fun basketball players that come out of there, and it's because they develop talent. and And we talked about that a little bit with the freshmen, but that's another reason to be a fan is because. You know, you watch these players develop and they just become really fun people to watch through their whole careers. And so, um, it's, it's, there's players you can get invested in and, and really get a lot of enjoyment out of by, by being invested in them early. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. They got some sweet rebel jerseys this year. They got a good core. They have had one of the most understated offseason, uh, acquisition runs of any team in the league and they're rivals with basically everybody because they've been good for a really long time. So. A lot of reasons to be a fan of the Lynx. Um, dudes, thanks for, uh, thanks for jumping on for a team preview again. I know we've got a bunch of them coming out kind of rapid fire this week. If you're listening to this one, you've probably already gotten through most of them, but you've got, uh, still more coming out to get you ready for the season, uh, which starts very soon. You're going to have all sorts of coverage from us coming up, uh, in order to cover this opening weekend, including our, uh, annual preseason predictions show, which is going to be way fun. Um, we appreciate you guys listening, interacting with us on Twitch, where we live stream our shows, uh, finding us on Twitter at WNBA Nation Pod, uh, following, answering the questions we're asking there, giving us your takes. We love all of those. Uh, leaving us your five-star reviews uh, where you listen to podcasts. Those are really helpful for new fans to discover the podcast and sort of get into the league the same way we did several years ago. We really appreciate uh, new fans finding us and being able to interact with new people in that way. Uh, we have a store envy page. We have all sorts of stuff coming out for you guys. I think I've hit all the plugs, so I saved you guys the trouble. But if I missed anything, please let me know. Um, anything you want to leave our fans with for the coming week or just general links, thoughts in general before we close up shop here, Kyle? Um, this is super random, but can we just agree that the links actually called themselves the links? Um, even though like the mascot for every wildcats team. Is pretty much a Lynx, but the Lynx oh were like, gosh. no, we're, no, we're straight up just calling ourselves the Lynx, and we're we're gonna go with that. So, if they were the Minnesota Wildcats, they would have zero championships. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Lynx calling themselves the Lynx is super dope. So, yeah. anyway, I think it's I think it's a fun. I think it's a really fun mascot. I really do. It's yeah, I I, I agree with that. I I like going with Lynx rather than a Wildcat or a Cougar or anything like that, but. Uh, if I'm going to leave with something, uh, the lime green that they have in their logo, I need to see more of that. It is a good color. <laughs> I, I agree. I actually, I think the Lynx and the Dream are in sort of this weird little battle to see who can do it better because yeah. they have the same color schemes now. Uh, and they both look pretty good, but I, I do lean the Lynx's way on this one. So don't tell Dallas. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> Team Preview Lynx wrapped up that's it outro music will play but get excited crystal dangerfield in her next year 
If you should call here in the in the third year breakout year in a full season, and Kayla McBuckets joining Sylvia Fowles and Cheryl Reeve <laughs> in Minnesota, it's going to be a good year for the Minnesota Lynx. Until next time, I am Logan Jones. I'm Kyle Haywood. I'm Jason Snow. And we got you next time. <laughs>